Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. You know, I am honored to have Rodney Williams on from Listener. And, uh, you know, Rodney likes to say ordinary is the enemy of entrepreneurs, and he is anything but ordinary. He's a former Division I athlete, a former aspiring rapper, something I learned. Very interesting. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but now he's an entrepreneur leading, leading a $30 million business plus. It's called Listener. And Listener uses inaudible sound to transmit data. And he wants to change the world by connecting the world. And it's an honor to have him on the show. Rodney, welcome, brother. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, we were just talking off, off camera. You, you move really, really fast in life. And so much so, you're here because you lost your, you, you lost your license. How'd that happen? Indirectly, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I think uh, it's good to be here so I can, I can actually go get a new license. Yeah. Um, but I actually lost it en route. Right. To, to, to here. So it's just moving. Um, but fortunately, you got to have a got to have a multiple ident identifications. Right. Uh, which I did. I also had my passport. So that's good. That's good. But so look, but you grew up in Baltimore, right? Yes. You know, Baltimore is an area that is struggling a lot in, in, in some areas. And, you know, um, what did you what do you see from that area in terms of opportunities? And what can we do based upon, you know, your your you're an innovator and you, you care about trying to transform communities. Like just, just in general, what does that experience growing up in Baltimore do to inform your perspective? And what do you think we need to do in communities like Baltimore in order to make sure people have more opportunities? Yeah. You know, when I, when I moved to Cincinnati, I actually thought there was probably more, more things in, in, that were similar about Baltimore and Cincinnati than different. Yep. Um, I agree. Uh, so uh, I, I think they're very relatable. I mean, with that said, um, I, I grew up in, uh, you know, what you would think, um, you know, my pretty, pretty, you know, modest environment. Okay. You were um, pretty middle class. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did happen to go to a private school. Yeah. I was the youngest of six. Um, all my brothers didn't get to go to private school. Um, so there was a little bit more, uh, urban than I. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, I think, uh, I saw a lot of different things. I mean, when you grow up in Baltimore, you see, you see crime, you see, you see people not um, living up to their potential yeah. or, or their dreams. Um, but then you also see glimpses right. of, of opportunity. Um, well, there's is, brilliant people everywhere. And it, it just, it's just a matter that they get opportunity and they see the light bulb. Exactly. I mean, uh, one of my, you know, the, 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 the person that was always in the vision was uh, Reginald Lewis. Um, right. Um, you know, big um, Baltimore uh, and actually the, the first uh, black billionaire. Um, but that, that's from, from my neighborhood. He's also a member of Cap Alpha Psi Alpha Charlie. So I'm sorry, <laughs> I had to throw that out there. Go ahead. Um, but I can't, you know, I, I don't know where else, but I know in Baltimore, you know, that's a book that we read. That right. is a story that's told. Um, it's not told in every community. No, it's not. Um, but when it, when it, when, when, as a kid, when I, when I heard that, it was uh, pretty powerful. So what do you want to be when you grow up and what do you want to be now? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I've always wanted to be um, a, a CEO. Okay. I, I, you know, and where that all came from is, you know, when I, when I started to, to see different people in, in business, um, the people that had the biggest impact were the people that ran biggest business. Right. And I, I wanted to, you know, do everything I could to put myself in position to, to potentially run a big business. Sure. Um, so that was, that was always my goal. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm, I'm, I always just wanted to be happy and have fun. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, lighthearted person. I don't yeah. take much too serious and, and, and until I do. Um, and then, uh, you know, I try to be relentless at it, but that's, uh, that's the same me, um, since, since the beginning. Are you having fun now? Always. I yeah. never really stopped having fun. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I never really stopped having fun. I, I don't think I'm going to ever stop having fun. Well, that's um, good. I think that's important to, to hold on to that. 
Yeah. So what, so what is your, so what would you say? You, 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 you still want to be telling you want to be a CEO, you are a CEO. That's what you want to do going forward. What do you think your, what impact do you want to have? So what do you say is your like, why, if you, at the, what, what's your, why, what's your essential purpose for doing all this? I mean, I'm sure you want to make money, but I don't think that's your only driving force. Yeah. I mean, I think it's actually not even important. Uh, I think the money is probably the last thing that's important to me. I think the impact is most important. I think the influence is most important. And then I want to ultimately inspire. Um, but those are the things that are important to me. Um, I always said, uh, you know, at 24 years old, I moved to Cincinnati. I bought a house. I bought a BMW. At that point, I had reached the, what I was, I was comfortable. Right. Right. Um, I'm a pretty simple guy. You know what I mean? I don't really need much more than that. But, but the, the, what drove me to continue to, to be better or you know, think bigger was the impact that I felt like my mind could have in the world. Right. And more importantly, that story needed to be told and people needed to see it. Um, and, and, and that was, was, was important to me. So <clears throat> you talk about, and I want to, I want to come to a little bit more of your background later and particularly talk about some things with your brother. Cause I, I, I heard you mention about your brother running into some issues and your mama having to correct your rap career. Um, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, bef but, but before we get there, I want to talk about, you said you were comfortable. Yep. <clears throat> you were comfortable with PNG, you know, Procter and Gamble, big company and here in Cincinnati <clears throat> has a lot of brands you probably buy every single day. You, you had a very, very predictable path there. You knew where you were going, L likely, very likely advancement. You were going to, you, you probably could see your career path clearly define it. Uh, but you took this leap and this was a leap, you know, so why did you take that leap? And, and how do you encourage others to take that leap? Because it, it, it maybe it was easy for you to do, but I'd like to just walk us through the process of taking that leap. You know, I've, I've answered this question so many different ways and different parts of my life. And I think the way I describe it today is, is actually an evolution of something that we need to teach each other, but it's a high level of emotional intelligence and, and something I didn't realize I was capable of until later. But you no, know, wet PNG was just another example of, of myself um, going into an area where I may not be an expert, but, you know, focusing, learning and trying to be the best that I can possibly be right. and not being scared, not, you know, be fearless, be relentless. And, whether it was in sports, whether it was when I went to college, I was, you know, when I came to Cincinnati, it was the furthest west I had ever been. Right. Right. Literally, you know, packed up in the car and drove in Ohio, you know, Ohio and start seeing Confederate flags. Yeah. Yes. You will see a lot of Confederate flags here. Um, but I was like, you know what? I went to West Virginia and did the same thing in undergrad. So for me, right. you know, do, doing things that were rather, you know, uncomfortable, but it was a huge opportunity is right. where I learned the most. And, you know, at PNG, that's how I approached business. That's how I approached marketing. Um, it became just part of my life. So when I when I saw the opportunity to create a company or to build technology, which is now a listener, it for me it was it was another example of that moment where you had to make a decision. Right. And and I think of my, my whole life, if I had become a better person because of those taking risk decisions, um, why not? Yeah. So I, I, I know you, you said, and this is, this is a good transition to something you said, you talked about, we have to understand, we have to understand how to learn. Yeah. What do you mean by that? It's, it's the most important asset is, is, is your ability to learn. And if you can learn faster than a competitor, you can do things better. If you can learn a new skill, you can always 
figure out an income, right? If you learning is probably the, the, the epic center of, of, of success. Right. And I don't think people talk about it enough. Um, but um, learning how to learn is what I focus on, right? Sometimes people call, oh, well, you were a marketer. How did you do tech? And then right. are you do a uh, listener was in entertainment, but now it's in mobile payments and you know, sure. now it's a FinTech, how, you know, what's, where's your expertise? And I, and I think, yeah, I think you're, 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 you're starting to look at me a little bit different. I don't, anyway, would you ever describe a, a supercomputer um, with words, right? Right. You would call it a supercomputer. It's dynamic. It has capability to process and output and execute. I like to think of myself as something like that. And I think all humans are more like that than these one, two figure words or sentences right. that we try to describe ourselves. So walk me through what a pro, what you think like are some good habits and routines to develop. And I say this because it's important to learn things, but uh, I'm going to quote Star Wars, you know, like Yoda, you have to unlearn what you learn. We also know there's a lot of bad habits and routines people pick up, pick up that they've learned, learned behavior that's horrible. And then sometimes they don't understand it or see it. So I say all that to the, what habits and routines did you help establish to get yourself into a practice of learning where you're challenging yourself versus holding yourself back? Because we, you know, often people ho- are holding themselves back. You, you said it early, earlier, lack of self-awareness. And is that, and, and what, lack of what bad habits, routines, or environments you might've been in and the habits you learned from those. So how do you gear yourself towards always trying to aspire versus going the other direction? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing you need to always do is flip the script or turn the mirror around. Look at the mirror. You have to develop and become an intro, uh, introspective thinker. And you need to always be looking at um, what you're doing that may be impacting the environment versus the opposite. Um, naturally, we're taught to say the environment does X to me. Right. We need to say what, what I'm doing. And the reason why is that if you can be that self-aware you can understand what you're good at and what you're bad at. Now, if you understand what you're good at and what you're bad at, the first thing you should learn are the things you're bad at. I spend so much time doing things or learning things that I'm bad at. I'm already good at marketing, right. telling the story, right. bringing the vision. I spend all my time doing everything else, right? Or I, I'm trying to learn it. Right. Or, and I think, number one, that's where you start. I think where you end is that you find your particular passion whatever that may be. And your passion was probably more like a book. It's going to have chapters. Right. Today, it may be music. Tomorrow, maybe sneakers. Tuesday, you might say, it may be automobiles. I don't know. Yeah. But when you, when you start to want to have a passion, want to build something, want to own something, then you need to also apply that same logic. Right. If I'm going to you know, start a barbershop, I may be a good barber, but barbershop is a business. Right. That means I need to be relentless at learning everything else. Right. And I think we don't, we don't do that enough. Um, we don't do that enough, but that's how you create a successful business is, right. is by focusing on the things that you are bad at so that you can, you know, raise the bar and the things that you're good at will become natural. Yeah. I mean, when you, I actually like what you say when you talk about your passion being chapters in a book, uh, I like to say there is a, there is a, there is a, fundamental, there's a fundamental story and plot, but it may be different chapters. You know, I, I, I know what mine is. It's always been about expanding access and opportunities for people. And, you know, I, I explored, I was in public service for a while and I explored politics and, you know, now I feel like I'm doing this. So I do think that's great advice. Let's talk a little more about self-awareness. Um, you know, building a team is hard to do with the company and with anybody, with the organization. And, and I like to say, you know, self-awareness is sometimes defined as, 
you know, letting others wound you with the truth. You know, it, it may not, it's not always about praise. It's about people giving you constructive, critical advice that we sometimes need to hear that are, that are supporters. What was the last time someone wounded, wounded you with the truth? And what was that truth? Uh, I'm probably wounded with truths every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me the something that's wounded you the most in the last year that, that just really touched you like, wow, that really, that was really, I, I, I see that. And I see how I need to either X, grow, be better, learn, whatever, however you want to take that. Yeah. I think, um, I think especially in how I, I, I work today, um, I'm, I'm probably not, I'm actually an introvert, extremely introverted. Um, and, and in business, um, it's very simple, right? Um, I give a lot of autonomy and you go off on your island and get it done. I think what's really, but that, that isn't as productive as possible. So I've actually gotten real feedback of just about how, you know, my strengths can be more collaborative. Right. I'm, for, you know, I'm much more about create the team and just yes. give me the ball. <laughs> Um, but I'm quarterback, just throw me the ball every time. I'll get it to, I'll get us, I'll get us a touchdown. You know, that's, 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 that's more of my natural right. capability. Um, I think, you know, allowing, it's not even about everybody getting the ball. It, I can still be the best shooter, but at the same time, there's a, there's an approach that empowers right. um, everyone better than, than necessarily just give me the ball. Right. So that, that was probably, that's probably one of the, some of the most recent feedback that I have and it's just allowing me to to take uh, approach very 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 differently. So how did you pull back? I've had similar feedback actually. So how did you how did you how did you what type of things did you do to make sure you were trying to make others feel empowered? Because it's not. I think it's what people don't understand is if you're a natural person that feels like you can score the touchdown. The problem is you got a team and you can't always score the touchdown. How did you get yourself? Did you do anything to in practice to to, to practice that empowerment and, and to help others to uh, you know, pick up the ball more and not always try to take touchdown? I, th I think the first thing was, was to, to listen. And, and, and I was always listening, but when, when you listen in a collaborative sense, you're, you're trying to help that person get to the same conclusion on their own. Right. Versus, put, you know, telling them the conclusion. Right. Um, and I, I like the things like almost like, not, it's almost like walking someone to a story, walking them through a story. And, you know, when you're a bull, it's time consuming. Right. But, you know, when someone, when, when you allow someone to walk to that story and get to that conclusion, um, even though it may take, you know, three times as long, um, that person is going to be more empowered to, to, to assist. That right. person is going to feel um, more entitled. It's going to be more ownership um, versus it being indirect. And, and when, the, when the company is growing, when the idea is growing, when the team is growing, you actually need more versions of yourself, not less versions. Right. So that's the part, right? right. Um, you can still be the bull, but you actually have to create 10 bulls. You have to create 20, 100, 2,000. And, and, and what that means is that you're going to have varying stories that you right. need people to get to the conclusion. Right. And sometimes you got to walk them. You yeah. got to let them walk themselves. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's talk about listener and what it is. To, you know, we mentioned it earlier, but I want, what is listener... How does it work and how do you see it applying in everyday language that people can understand here on the show? Uh, very simply, um, yeah, seven-year-old company, uh, we started off building a transport product. Um, so basically, Listener started as being a transport product where we were actually leveraging frequencies that you can't hear as a 
method to transport data. And over the past seven years, what we have continued to do is add security, add reliability. And ideally, uh, we always thought that this was a better way to pay, open doors, access things. Okay. Every, think of everything, you use a key or your wallet or even you know your garage door opener. Um, these are what we call short range transmission. Um, what happened over the past three years is within that, adding a significant amount of security, um, it started to position itself as a better way to pay, um, right. a really better way to pay. Um, and today, um, we're more a payment product or, um, or a financial service product than anything else. Okay. Um, and, 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 and why that all happened, the, the way I can describe it is that today, um, you use mobile wallets. 62% um, of mobile wallet transactions are coming from retailer branded mobile wallets. So think of your Starbucks, think of what Kroger just launched, think of Walmart, et cetera, but they're using a barcode, they're using right. a QR code. So it's a very like scan and go type of experience or scan and transact. Um, number one, there's a fraud concern with that. There's a fee structure that's not necessarily favorable. Yeah. And then listener is a true alternative um, to both of those scenarios where if retailers start to use sound, listener, um, uh, there's significant improvements in security, but also- well, Why is that? Because it's harder to hack, I guess it's harder to hack sound than it is just uh, uh, no, through someone's- to, to get from a technical standpoint, uh, it's, it's think of it as a, I mean, it, it, internet is a transport product, Okay. right? The way you secure, when you transmit something over the internet is you make it encrypted, you create keys, yes. you tokenize it, things like that. When our transmission works very similar, where- okay. Um, we, we do have bi-directional capability. There is a token exchange. Um, it is a full connected transmission. Um, and, and when you think about a QR code, it's one directional and it's also static. Right. I can take a picture of it. You can take a picture. We all can take a picture. Of it. Yes. That, uh, inherently, uh, that's some risk. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, but you, so you're looking at it as, so you have to be close range. It's not something you could do, like cryptocurrency wouldn't have any application to this or would it? It's a, it's all about if cryptocurrency wanted to pay for something in store, right. or but they have to be close to what they're paying for, correct? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Exactly. exactly. So, but okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So the way the way I, and then uh, so yeah, so right now it's it's positioned as a better um, mobile payment product. Right. It's more secure than QR codes, more seamless. And then when you compare it to NFC or uh, QR code, we actually distance for us is inches or a few feet. Right. So instead of tapping and scanning, imagine just click and pay right. on your phone. So it's, a, it's another version of AirDrop by using sound in a way. Like how you do AirDrop with your phone, but you use inaudible sound. It's, it's similar. Okay. Um, it's similar. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it, uh, you know, we're, we're extremely excited about some of the customers that are launching this year. Um, and uh, it's, it should do really well. Well, that's awesome. So, you know, you, know, you, you, you said... When I, when I think about it, I want to talk a little bit about your earlier kind of background again with, with your brother and, and that experience. Sounds like you were close to your brother or still are, are close to your brother. And um, he went through some challenges, it sounds like, with the legal system, which unfortunately we all, at least I can tell you, every black person I know has, has had somebody as close to them that's had some run in with the, with, with, with the legal system. Um, what did that experience do for you in terms of just informing your background? Other than your mama said, you can't, you can't be a rapper anymore. Like what else, <laughs> what else did that do to how you just think about things? I mean, I think, you know, I think I, I fully understood the equalizer 
and it, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't just money. Right. It's a combination of money, influence, and yeah. intelligence. Um, and to be honest, uh, my brother didn't fully exit his issues until uh, I was post-college. And yeah. a lot of it had a lot to do with my capability to go out and seek the, the legal assistance that would warrant yeah. um, an early exit. Yeah. Um, and it was just that, yeah. right? Minus anything that he'd done, the reality is that if you do have capability and you're able to connect with certain parties. Yeah, but to make things happen. You can make things happen. Yeah. It's the good and the bad. It's the good and the bad. I mean, and you know, my passion still is when I talk about empowering people, it's, you know, uh, people always have, often ask, how did I get into public service? I was electrical engineer background and then law. And people say the two don't connect. I said, actually they do, at least in my mind they do, because I want to figure out how we build better systems, how, how, we, how, we, how we design better systems that are lean towards equality versus, you know, how we can just, uh, you know, depress people or, or limit opportunities, how we can have more job growth versus just people making more money. I'm all for people making money, but if the focus, particularly with automation and where we're going, is only about making profit all the time, you can have a scenario where you can make a lot of money and not have to hire hardly anybody to do it. And, and I think we have to look at the social equi equitable costs. So long story bearable. I mean, I think systems are really important, as you say. And it sounds like, you know, you have an understanding that, you know, your your experience has because of where you've been able to the opportunities you've had. You've been able to uh, to help people in, in other ways through your influence and through your connections. So, I mean, more people uh, we wish more people had the access and we, we know we have an inequitable system. I mean, that's how I look at it. No, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, even, even today, I'm, I'm, I'm still completely scared. Yeah. It, it's so easy to get stuck in that system and not know yeah. how to get out of it. It's not too difficult. It's not difficult. Look, I've, I've met lots of, it's a lot, it's a very common story of brothers that go up far and get pulled down further. And look, I, uh, the advice from my father and a few other mentors, they said, look, Rob, you know, being black and being successful, you need to be productively paranoid in everything you do. doesn't mean that you're, and I, I put productive before paranoid because if you're paranoid, you're paralyzed, but you also, you, you can't view things the same way that some others do. Other people can cut around the rules, maybe not follow the SEC guidelines. You do that, they come, <laughs> they're coming to your door. So yeah. You know, that's how I look at it. No, it was, a, it was a funny quote, but I saw it this morning. It was Will Smith on his social media page, but he was telling his son, Jaden, um, now that he's 21, he said, don't, don't break two or more laws at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he Good said, idea. He said it uh, exponentially uh, increases your chance uh, uh, of going to jail for both. Yeah, yeah very, very and, true. Um, and I'm sitting there, I was thinking about it. When, that's actually extremely important. You know, one law is like speeding, all right? But if you speed and you don't have a license. Yeah, so go get your license today. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the license. Yeah. But the point is, uh, you know, I, but that is, I was, it was a good message. And I think it's a message for, for everyone to, to take into context. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and something I do now, you know, I, I kind of paint three lines and being in politics probably made me this way. I tell people there's the, there's the perception line Yep. there's the ethical line and then there's a legal line. You want to be all the way here to the left. If you, if you, if you have to keep questioning, is it legal? Is it legal? Is it legal? Try to not have those questions because if it's close, 
is going to go the other way for you or it could. And why even take the chance? So figure out how you can justify it from the perception. If it was announced in the newspaper tomorrow, how could you talk about it? And could you talk about it in a way that's defensible? If you can't, don't do it. That's kind of my advice for people. Have you ever failed? You know, I think about, have you, have you seen a time when I look at failure? I know I've had, I've asked people this question and sometimes I get some pushback. Look, I, I view failure not as permanent unless you decide to stay in your, in, in your situation. So have you ever had a setback that, that was the eventual setup that, that, that provided more opportunities and a lesson that you learned from that? Can you think of something? Every day. Well, give me your most potent example. I'll give you mine very quickly, or I have, I have many, but I'll, I'll tell you the one that sticks in my brain right now. Um, I worked at a big law firm and uh, the bar results were coming out. So this is a very public exercise. Everyone, you know, it's like you announce who, who passed the exam and then you look on the computer to see if your name's on there. And I looked the first time and said, my name wasn't on there. I said, wait, wait, gotta be a mistake. Yeah. Looked again, said, well, maybe I missed it again. And, um, you know, obviously I did not pass. I had to walk that day when everybody was celebrating and go back. And it was crushing because then, you know, I've been working my whole career to get to that point. Um, so it was hard, but, you know, I went on and got like the, I think the highest score, the second highest score the next time around, but it was really, really hard having to go through. And I've had that. Luckily I've had other failures in my life. So, it, but a lot of people, once you fail at once, it's like, it, it, like, I think it's just cause it gets in your brain. Like the statistics show that, that basically most people don't pass it ever or the second or third time. It's not that they don't have the ability. It's just overcoming that failure it's hard for people, right? So think, I want to think about a moment that really just kind of challenged and made you kind of just, just say like, wow. And, and you, had to, you had to step back and reevaluate what you were doing. Yeah. You know, uh, I think number one, I think, it's, I think I'm all about balance. Like, um, so yeah. And unfortunately, I, I had to learn this. So if you do something great on the team, I don't necessarily come and say high five. Right. And when you do something bad, I don't necessarily come and say, you did something bad. Right. It's about even kill. Like let's let's create balance, and that's how you hold on to your happiness. That's how you hold on to your energy. Right. right? So, um, yeah, when things go right, I expected it. Nothing right. to celebrate. When things go bad, I, I need I need to fix something to learn something. Okay. I also expected it. Right? So so give me something you expected and it happened, and I can say this <clears throat> from my own experience. I like when I, another one, you know, I ran for treasurer. I, I thought when I ran for mayor, there was a, I never wanted to admit it, but I thought there was a shot. I, was, I wasn't going to win that race. When I ran for treasurer though, and I was a nominee and I got through that and I beat my opponent every single time, I was beating them backwards and forwards, you know, I, and, and I looked at it, the history in Ohio, Ohio always goes the opposite direction when the presidential race happened without, without fail. First time in history that it goes the other direction, right? Yeah. And I had, I had my win number where I thought it would be, I hit that win number, somehow he got more than that, right? I didn't, I can tell you for myself, I didn't expect that, right? And, and I'm like, I'm fine, I mean, nobody died or anything, but I did, cut, but I, I did reevaluate. So even though I, I expected it's a possibility, was there a time when you expected something, but it was worse than you expected? That's what I like to talk about. That, that, did that ever happen ever in your life? Uh, you know, um, it, it, it's just, I guess it's hot. I, all the, I would tell you that's all the time. <laughs> like, uh, and I know that's the wrong no, question, no, but give, but I, can, give, I can give you two stories. Give right? me, give me I, story. I just give you two stories. You at, at the end of the day, I, I ran track in college. Um, you know, uh, I was an invited walk on. I made the track team at, you know, West Virginia University. I was extremely excited um, going into outdoor season, title nine, cut the track team. Um, 
So um, <laughs> I also was coming off a senior year where I tore my meniscus, right. tore my hamstring. I was I was a, an athlete, had to do a lot of things, and I had made I made my comeback. So, right. so I made my comeback, and and now the team is cut. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you get devastated a bit. Um, but I, re I remember thinking to myself, you know, am I going to transfer? I got my, still got free books, still got a little scholarship, or could I potentially just use this opportunity to become the best um, student I possibly could become? Um, and I said, all right, well, if I'm giving up sports, I'm going to add another degree. And that's, that's exactly what I did. Right. Um, you have to look at the opportunity and failure because um, we miss it. I think we train ourselves to miss it. I, 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 I agree. Um, but I, I look at listener. Um, this is this has been almost eight years of building. Um, I've done I've gone through it all. Raised right. running funny, raised money. I've had bad team members. I've had issues with boards. I've had investors. Um, and it's it's not failure or success. People look at the whole, you know, the yeah. headlines. And I say, listen, as long as things continue to grow, I'm happy. But more importantly, um, there's a lot of learnings that I learned right. and opportunity that has been established based on what I did. And the, probably the best thing that I've done with that is help co-found another company called Solo. And the, 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 what, what that has become is, is a speedboat, right? Okay. It's because it's dodging everything that I had to learn. Now, if I- What do you mean by that, dodging everything you had to learn? To, I mean, in, in particular, I, I want to, I really want to talk about that bad team member I, or team members. I only say that because I've learned the most time leaders learn the most about themselves is about the uh, negative or harder interactions they had with people. And I think the most important lesson is not only that person, but yourself and what you maybe saw wrong in that person or, or, or how you might have reacted in those situations. Talk about that lesson if it, to the extent you're comfortable and can. That's that's not that's not private information. Because I think people need to see. And I want to say because people need to know that, you know, Rodney Williams, you know, is is you have a lot of talents, but you're not Superman in terms of you've 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 had struggles to get here, and you've had to embrace those struggles to become better. And I think people hearing that will understand that they can do it too. I mean, that's probably you know we we started this conversation off with the ability to learn. Um. I mean, I think that's honestly, at the end of the day, it's probably why I, I still am able to attract investors. I, I do not approach investors as I know it all. I, I do approach the investors that I will be relentless at trying to know it all. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm, but I, I know I got I to gotta learn from you. I need to learn from competitors. I need to learn from the market. I need to learn myself. So, um, but that's really important. I think, you know, Team, I mean, building the team to the success of your business or your organization is so incredible. And it, it's so, it's so important. Uh, I, I would say that overall, what I, I just, I learned uh, so much with how to build the right team um, for a particular outcome. Right. Um, and what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know building that team? Well, I mean, I, I, this, you know, there's no, you, I couldn't. I couldn't, you know, be Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just, at the end of the day, right? It's great to have all the headlines and be in the papers and be all of these different things. But um, if that's not beneficial to the team, I'm inherently slowing down something. Wow. And, and I had to, I had to, I was a, I was a, I had to learn it. 
I mean, that was probably hard to learn. You're like, yeah, I get that. I mean, but when you when you look at me today, right? I, I'm not the CEO of Listener. I'm the commercial officer. Uh, the the other company has his own, his own CEO, right? Um, it's not that I can't be the CEO or am a CEO. It's that I can probably influence a bigger impact by empowering other people. Wow. I, I want to talk a little more about Listener. Uh, you know, Google is obviously is trying to transmit sound too. And I heard you say in an interview that you know Google is just trying to empower the Android where you you where listener is trying to connect everyone. Here's here's my here's my challenge to that. So or at least my question I should say. You know there's already these kind of cold wars going on here in Silicon Valley, you know, uh Apple's kicked off Facebook on some of its stuff and I'm sure there's future to come with Google trying to absorb more apps and how do you see why wouldn't they just try to move your technology off of there just so they can just do their own. Like how, how do you prevent that? Given that a lot of people's access is through the Apple and Android and a few others, like how, how, how do you see that? Does that a, is that a hindrance or how do you, how do you maneuver that? I think the number one, I always say that the day that happens, we, I guess we're a billion dollar company. Right. Cause if we're a billion dollar threat, Makes we're sense. a billion dollar company. Um, and then if, if that's the case, then there's a will and there's a way. Now, my, my approach to, to, to that particular challenge is, overall, is there risk of handset manufacturers, Apple or, or Google? Potentially. I think that um, our approach is to empower our clients and strategic value, right? So when we talk about some of the people that are backing us, when I talk about Intel backing us, so right. Synchrony Financial, all of a sudden, when you start aligning yourself with much bigger organizations, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a much different conversation that even a Google has to have. Yeah. Um, so long, long story short, I think um, when you're doing something disruptive, yes, there's always a risk that someone may want to limit that if sure. you're disrupting something. And we have a lot of that. I think for us, we got to continue to drive usage, drive opportunity. And I do know the day that that is a conversation amongst Google or Apple's leadership, it's a great day. Right. So you say innovation is not the, is not, is not, is not the end product, but the love of the process. Talk, talk to me about what that means. It's that, it's that balance. It's that, it's that innovation is a combination of processes and it's, and, and it's about learning and creating new processes around that right. learn capability. And it's about seeing opportunity. Um, that's what innovation, I don't think innovation is some end product, right? I think it's just the, the, the end product is the example at a specific moment in time. Right. Right. Um, if, Five years ago, if you had judged a listener or myself for what it was at that point, you could have an opinion versus today. Right. You're like, well, how, how did it get from there to there? Um, well, we never stopped right. the process. Inside the company, we are in the process of doing something. Absolutely. Right? And it is a continuing process. And when we see opportunities, we go after it. So if we're in the process of transmitting data better, faster, more reliable, if we see an opportunity in payments to do it, at a, at a premium, that's how we become that. Right. That's how it's obvious to yeah, us. Yeah, that makes sense. But we could have had our blinders on and sure. just become an ad tech company. And which lots of people do. Which a lot of people do. You know, I, I define innovation as uh, as a rebellion against the status quo, not accepting things as they are and being willing to, you know, fight for a better future or make things better. And uh, it's often when people lose that spirit or organizations lose that spirit, they die, like you said. I think Kodak is the is the prime example I always go to who, you know, they they literally invented the technology of Instagram and didn't want to use it. 
yeah. because they were afraid, which they were right, that it was going to get rid of their print media and they didn't use it and they died because of it. So uh, I, I think your, your, your perspective of always having that, how can we learn? How can we be better? How can we disrupt what we've already done is, is why I'm sure your company is going to continue to be successful. So I uh, want to have a few uh, wrap up questions here. So you have a committee of three that can be your advisors for whatever you want, living, business, whatever, spiritual, physical, whatever you want to say advice. Who are those three people and why? Those three people. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm X. Okay. Um, what am I? <laughs> Clark Kent. Okay. Uh, and uh, Iron Man. All right, now you break those down for me. I mean, I, I, you didn't give me dead or alive or, you know, true or not. I, I said living or dead, but like, you know, I, I, I like the fact that you can just go with those. Those are what came to you, go. Uh, I've always said I'm more Malcolm X than okay. Martin Luther. Tell me why. Um, I'm just, uh, I think I see things very, very clearly. And, and, I, and, I, and I attack it when I need to. And um, I, I just, I'm, I, I never waited for my turn. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not in the process of even appeasing anybody's opinion. Right. So it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot of that energy that, that was inspiring to me. It's also how I approach business. It's also how I approach doing the right thing. Um, to me, it's the right thing and it's the wrong thing. It right. is, that's it. Um, and I think as people, we should, we should be more that aggressive. We should be more that blunt. I right. Think. And, and, you know, if someone doesn't like it, I think it's okay. I, I don't expect people to be the same. I don't expect everyone to um, understand where I come from. You shouldn't. You've never been there. Right. Right. But I'm a living example of it. Um, and, and I'm here now. So you got to accept it. That's, that's great. Clark Kent, tell me that one. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing more, more empowering than a, an alien um, from, from outer space saving humankind. Right. Someone that probably wouldn't be accepted if they knew where he was from. Right. But he put on a mask each and every day. And all of a sudden he's the biggest hero. <laughs> um, there's a there's enough uh, metaphors in that statement alone. Yeah. On, on why that that's why he's that's why I would want to have him in my circle. That's awesome. Iron Man. Um, you know, I, I you know, I think Iron Man is, uh, you know, was Tony Sharp or something. Yeah. Uh, that's probably me. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could take that a lot of directions. So <laughs> I got to go to one of your parties, but no, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, go I ahead. mean, that, that, that is, a, that is a, uh, a very animated, dramatic version of me. Um, I am a fun person, I like to think. I, I think I can outdrink anyone. Um, but at the end of the day, I also think I can outwork you. Wow. And it's not because I'm not. You got to come smarter. back for the Black Bourbon Society. There's a, there's a group that's coming here in Cincinnati. That's a big group. The, yeah. the Black Bourbon Society. We're going to work with them on September 14th. So if you like uh, to drink. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think what he does, I think he's, he's confident enough to work at something. At each and every movie and is an example of him stopping for a moment, digging really deep in something and getting it done when, when they needed to get right. done. And, and, and that's what I've always done, whether it was family problems, whether it was issues, whether it was money problems, whether it was listener problems, whatever, whatever we got to get done. Um, stop with the excuses, just get it done and, um, and, and have fun while doing it. Smile while doing it. It's a pleasure. Wow. Two more questions. What important truth do you hold that very, people, very few people agree with you on? 
truth that I hold that. That there's a lot of people just might not agree with you, whatever it is, you know, you, it's something that you believe in because you're the type of person, as you described, you, you, you state what you believe in. Malcolm X had a lot of those beliefs. So tell me, Malcolm, what's yours? Um, I think you, I think respect, I think success is taken. A lot of people don't agree with that. They try to, they try to, you know, it's, it's earned. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's mutual beneficial. It's all types of ways. I, I, I disagree. Yeah. I think everything that I've ever accomplished, I took. Um, I, I saw the opportunity and I took it. Yeah. I like to think that um, they call them sharks. Yeah. They're just takers. And I think we all work for sharks or takers. I, I think takers is a better word. No, I think it's more accurate. I think it was uh, A. Philip Randolph who said, look, in the, in the, in the table feast of life, you, you, you only get what you take. You only keep what you can hold. You can't keep or take anything unless you're organized, period. Most people just, that just upsets them. Like the people that work. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as a black man saying, I want to take some people. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> you can't say that, Rodney. Do not repeat that again. Yeah. I'm sure you've gotten advice. You should not say you want to, you have to take. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. But you say it anyway. I love it. Uh, final um, question. You have a billboard or Google, Google ad, whatever that state that symbolizes or states what you believe or your theme in life, what does it say? And why does it say that? Um, so literally every, every social media channel um, under, under my name, it says uh, I'm a maven um, for everything extraordinary. Okay. Um, that means a lot of things. Um, but it, for me, what it means, it's about being um, relentless and passion at the, the, the things in the shadow or the, the unforgotten or the, the, the person that doesn't get to tell the story or the or the idea that's far fetched, um, or the I, and what that is about is because I, I found the most ROI by yeah. focusing there. Not in the, you know, I, I could have just stayed at TNG. I could have just got the right job. I could have just done all the, the things that I was supposed to do. Even I remember in business school, I was, um, you know, join MLT and do this. Like, right. You know these paths. And sure. I was like, for what? Are you you're going to go to Howard. Howard's business school is not the type of business school you want to go to. You can get into Cornell, you can go to NYU, you can go to Harvard. And I said, for what? <laughs> it's awesome. Howard's a great school, by the way. And, and, and great for the connections, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you got to understand if what, you know, I think if you can't absorb a certain amount of energy, call it Malcolm X, call it Clark Kent. You need to go to places to absorb that. I didn't need to go to another place to learn more how to wear a mask. No, that's awesome. What's the, what's the second one? The, the second one, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think when it's all said and done, when you read my book, I mean, this is how it should end. But it said, uh, her quote was, uh, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. Do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. That's a great way to end. Well, appreciate you coming on the show, Rodney. Awesome. Appreciate you. This is great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.